You can support this podcast on patreon.com forward slash firstpawmedia. Here's to the adventure-seeking dog mushers out there. The hundreds of you who stand on the runners dreaming and thinking about the Northern Lights. Of course, there is something else you can do if you've got something to say. Start a podcast with First Paw Media and harness your creative side. Maybe even earn enough money. Enough money to tell yourself, hey, I'm not just a dog musher. I'm a rover. I'm a wanderer. I'm a voyager. I'm an explorer. Visit firstpaw.media. Mush on over today. Radio Free Palmer 89.5 KVRF presents Mushing Radio, hosted by Robert Forto. Mushing Radio is about dog-powered sports, living in the Great White North, and mushing. Visit our website at mushingradio.com. Here is your host, Robert Forto. Hello and welcome everybody. This is Robert and you are listening to our Junior Iditarod Race Preview. And tonight I am joined by my co-host Tony and we have a special guest. We have Barb Reddington calling in from Alaska. Barb, how are you this evening? I'm wonderful. Thank you for having me on behalf of the Junior Iditarod. I am so honored to have you on I met you several years ago when my daughter, Nicole, ran Junior I Did a Rod, and it truly is a race that will change a youngster's life. And I'm, I'm really excited to have you here and talk a little bit about the race. But before we jump in to the Junior I Did a Rod, for folks that follow the sport and who have no idea who you are, I don't know how that's even possible, <laughs> can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you're all about, please? My name is Barbara Reddington. I live in Kinnick, Alaska. I've been a board member with the Junior Iditarod for 23 years. And prior to that, I was a two-year volunteer. Um, our boys have run the Junior Iditarod. Ray Junior, he met his wife when they ran the Junior Iditarod together back in the early 80s. Um, my son Ryan participated in four junior Iditarods, uh, winning his last two. I was actually in the first junior Iditarod in 1978, was the inaugural junior race of the junior Iditarod. Um, they had a junior and senior division. And my friend, Michael Newman, won the senior division. His sister, my other good friend, Scooter Newman, she placed second in the junior division. And um, in that 1978 race, I won the Red Lantern. I still have it, thank you. Um, <laughs> I, I love working with the junior Iditarod and see what it has been doing over the years. Now we have grandchildren in the race. Yeah, th th that, that's an amazing 
lineup in history way back from the the late 70s. I had no idea that you ran in the first one. That that's a that's a cool accolade and accomplishment for sure. So, Barbara, can you tell us a little bit about the race itself? I know it's changed and we're going to talk a little bit about how it changed over the years, but you know, a lot of people know a lot about uh, you know, the big race, they know about the Yukon Quest, the qualifiers and all that. But a lot, oftentimes the juniors are overlooked and we try our best here on this podcast to showcase them as much as possible. That's why it was so important to have you on. Can you tell us a bit about the race itself? Maybe the distance and when it starts and, and then we'll talk about who's in, in, yeah. uh, enrolled this year. First of all, I would like to say thank you for saying that the junior race gets overlooked. And mm -hmm. it's true with possibly so many junior race events here in Alaska from sprint to, to mid-distance. Now, the 2023 junior Iditarod will, is the 46th annual race. It will start February 25th. That Saturday morning at 10 a.m. on Kinnick Lake. We have 16 mushers signed up for the race. Um, in the race this year, we have a girl from Florida, another girl from Maine, a boy and a girl from Wisconsin, and the rest, of course, from Alaska, from Fairbanks, Nanana, Willow, Kinnick, Eagle River, Anchorage, and two girls coming from Kotzebue. So we have 16 kids that are signed up for the race. And of course it is for 14 to 17 year olds. And then the race will finish Sunday, February 26th at Kinnick Lake after their 10 hour layover at their halfway point at the Yetna Station Roadhouse. What's really cool to me in this upcoming race is this year, we will have our awards banquet at the Joe Reddington Senior Junior Senior High School at mile 10.5 Kinnick Goose Bay Road that Sunday evening. I like that a lot. And I know when my daughter ran that race, uh, that I don't think that the, the school was finished yet. It, it's, it's a relatively new addition in the last decade or so. Is that right? Yes. I think that its first year was 2015. Okay. All right. So let's jump right in. Oh, oh, one other question before, while we're talking about a little bit of the history, this is an Iditarod qualifier for the big race, is it not? And are they still giving the scholarships to the, uh, to the top finishers there? Yes, it is. It, it's great nowadays that uh, a junior musher can use the junior Iditarod as one of their qualifying races if they choose to enter in the Iditarod as they age out from this race and move on to senior mushing. And since the junior Iditarod, um, since the kids do not win monetary prizes, they do win the scholarships and they also win um prizes that we get from local businesses that contribute to the race. 
Yeah, I saw uh, Dan Schlossler from Sled Dog Systems at the post office today, and it's my understanding they're going to give one of their sleds, I assume, to the winner. Is that right? Yes, the the winner of the Junior Iditarod has always won a dog sled. And this year, Dan Schlosser from Sled Dog Systems, um, they have built this, put the sled together for the race this year. That That's awesome. So let's jump into our, to a couple of questions. Tony, what is your first one for Barbara? So I think, you know, we don't want to focus too much on the big race. Um, which we keep calling it the big race, the Iditarod. Um, but I'm, I may be putting you on the spot, Barb, but do you happen to know how many junior Iditarod racers have actually gone on to complete the Iditarod? Um, is, there, is there even that well, statistic anywhere? I don't know if it's it should be listed on our website because we okay. have had quite a few that have gone on to run the Iditarod. Um, Lance Mackey, for instance, Dallas Seavey, mm-hmm. Danny Seavey, Ryan Reddington, Ray Reddington. Um, there's there's so many, and and I'm trying to think on the on the top of my head right <laughs> um, that have uh, Jim Galley from Montana, Jennifer Dye, who uh, she and her husband still race. Uh, their Siberians team, and she's Jennifer Frecking now. Um, besides all the young mushers that have gone on to the Iditarod, going back to the scholarships, it's really great. I'm I'm taking you off course a little bit to get back. Oh to no, the that's okay. To get back to the scholarships and and the great thing about the kids besides all the prizes that gets donated from states out of alaska and all the businesses here locally that contribute to this race um besides all those great prizes the scholarships that they win um it's great to see now that we have had Junior mushers now have gone on to be engineers. We have a doctor. We have veterinarians. We ha- I know of a young lady in med school right now. Um, teachers, airplane pilots, construction, you name it. It's great to see that the scholarships that they have received have helped them in some way. Do you have a follow-up to that, Tony? No, I... She she hit it right on the head. It, you know, we do tend to focus just on the other mushing races, but to hear, you know, that the scholarships and the legacy of Junior Iditarod spread out more than just the sport, that's that's incredible. I'm I'm kind of speechless right at the moment. Okay. Well and and I would like to point out too the twenty twenty three junior Iditarod, this year our honorary musher is Lance Mackey. And uh, this, I think this is the first time in the junior Iditarod race history that we will actually have a dog team leave the starting line at, you know, when the race starts at 10 o'clock, the first musher typically never leaves at 10 o'clock because of the honorary musher. The, the first musher would leave 
at bid two um, at 10.02. But this year, because Lance Mackey is an honorary musher, his brother Jason Mackey, who has also participated in the junior Iditarod, he will be leaving Kinnick Lake at 10 o'clock mushing his team in, in honor and remembrance of his brother Lance. And how far is he going to go, Barbara? Well, obviously, he's not going to go the full course of the junior Iditarod <laughs> right. race itself. He, he, because he signed up for this year's Iditarod, he may be going on a training run. I'm not for sure how far he will be going, but it's such an honor to think of him doing this in, in remembrance of his brother. The other special thing to me that he will be doing is um, uh, when he's in the Iditarod, he will be spreading some of his brother's ashes on the trail. And when he leaves at 10 o'clock starting the junior Iditarod, he will spread some of Lance's ashes along this portion of the original Iditarod Trail here in Kinnick, Alaska. And to me, that's a big honor because Lance and his brother Jason both got their, their distance mushing start when they participated in the junior Iditarod in, the, in like 80, 84 mm-hmm. to 86, I believe it was. So, um, that's that means a lot to me. I think I think it's a great way to honor those who have passed away. And, you know, there, there's just so much history in mushing. And I try my best when when we have our podcast to uh, to allude to that in every race that we do. And, you know, it it's an honor to be able to uh, host this podcast. We've been doing it for 12 or 13 years now, and I think we're still the only weekly podcast anywhere in the world that talks about dog mushing and you know people come up to me all the time whether on facebook or social media or at places i've been they say hey i I listen to your show or you know i'm in south africa or australia or (laughs) new zealand or germany or whatever and i love hearing about the races that you know that they're just living vicariously through us i guess and i i that's sort of my lead into my first question as we talked about the Iditarod, you know, a lot of people know the history of that and sort of the pomp and circumstance, if you will, and sort of the logistics of that, Barbara. Uh, the junior Iditarod tems, tends to follow a lot of that. They have, you know, the same check route, checkpoint routines and uh, the drop bags and all the logistics are relatively the same. The, the very intense vet checks and all of that. Is it my understanding that the junior Iditarod sometimes plays guinea pig, if you will, for a correct word, in testing out principles or concepts or ideas that later go into the big race? I think, um, and going back to the beginning of how junior Iditarod started, you had the young people like, um, Eric Beeman, Clarence Shockley, uh, the Crawley kids, and I think I've heard of Mark Couch and um, 
they were trying to figure out how to make a distance race for the young mushers. And, and I remember Joe senior telling, telling us years ago that, um, those young men approached him and said, we want to start a junior Iditarod. Um, what do you think? And he said, I think it's a great idea. You should make it happen. And so that's, that's because I did a rod went from Anchorage all the way to Kinnick in the first two years, Anchorage all the way to, to Nome, and then eventually Anchorage to Eagle River from Wasilla to Kinnick. Um, this was the area, this was the, the perfect place for such an event. Um, and back then, I think they started at, and it, it's like anywhere with weather permitting where the race has, has had to adapt to a change in, in starting area for this race. Last year, we had to go move the race to Cantwell and all the kids got driven up there too for the race start up there. So it's, it's any given year how the weather is. Um, but as far as it sets them up, I think anyone and, and at a young age working with, I say dogs working with animals and I say dogs specifically because that's what we, we own. Mm -hmm. That's what you owned, what your daughter grew up with. Right. Um, it, it, it instills patience. Yes. Working, working with the animals, getting out there, training, learning to adapt to this, this harsh environment in the winter, you know? Um, so, yes, I think it sets them up great, you know? Oh, I agree. And and every bit of that that you mentioned can be transferred right into real life stuff. As you mentioned, several of, of the junior Iditarod uh, competitors in years past have gone on to do many things. All, all you said from, from airline pilots to, to doctors and engineers and business owners and teachers and everything. And anytime you have a, a big time event like this, it, it truly does change your life in one way or the other. And I think that that... Uh, that is a small piece to, to making a well-rounded individual for sure. Tony, what's the next question you have for Barbara? Um, well, before I ask the one that we talked about before we uh, brought Barbara on, I just wanted to ask her if there are any, I'm sure there are in the 25 years that she's been involved as a volunteer and a board member, um, but are there any, Barb, are there any, stories from the trail that stand out even so many years later um, or just youth junior mushers who who stand out particularly not necessarily the champions or anything but just a, a special moment within the junior Iditarod well with every race every, <laughs> every musher and I'm sure over the years that there is something that they've helped, witnessed, um, or dealt with on the trail. Um, 
thankfully I haven't heard too much of of moose issues. I hope, you know, I'm knocking on wood right now. Um, <laughs> and hopefully it won't be so bad this year. We just, they just had the Goose Bay 150 and, and I think moose, a lot of moose were seen along the trail on the route from mile 18 and a half end of Kinnick Road to up to Tel Vista Lodge. So, and we've gotten a lot of snow lately. So hopefully it's mm -hmm. not so much moose stories this year, you know? So, for sure. So, Barbara, do you want to let's let's end with your question, if we can, uh, Tony. I, I have a two part okay. question uh, that we talked a little bit about before we went on air. And since you've been involved since the very beginning as a participant, as a as a board member, as uh, the woman who wears many hats on Junior Iditarod, <laughs> I would like to ask you this question in two parts. The first one is, what have you seen is is the biggest change in whatever context, whether it be the dogs, the technology, the kids themselves, whatever, the weather, whatever you would like to mention? And then secondly, what do you think the future holds for uh, Junior Iditarod, mushing in particular, anything down that future uh, path? What 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 are your answers to those? I think with with the junior Iditarod, I think the changes over the years have been, of course, many starts at different places from um, Settlers Bay at the golf course, from Lake Lucille and Wasilla to Kinnick Lake. We've had to move the race one year to up to Lake Louise up near Glen Allen because of... Um, weather here um and then last year we went to this is the second time we went to denali highway and thankfully the the mushers that are signed up for the race have have also gone gone up too for their start and finishes so i would say the big changes over time is um lighter equipment just like any musher nowadays would say you know from the big heavy wooden sleds that they used to have lighter equipment harnesses um things that make night traveling better and reflective um lights for the dogs we don't see too much ham radios like we used to now we have trackers on the sleds that people can follow online from anywhere. Um, things like that. Right. And what do you think about the future of the of the Iditarod of mushing? Excuse me, Junior Iditarod of mushing as a sport. Uh, any any way you'd like to take it? Well, I think it's hopefully it's here with us for a long, long time. Um, I have, I know of volunteers that have been with the race for 40 plus years. Um, and I, I know, uh, I want to say eventually say I've been with the race 30 years. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, hopefully it's here as long as we have young people interested in, in working with sled dogs and and loving the sport we'll have a junior i did a rod 
I like it. Tony, uh, what is your your final question, or at least final thought uh, before we uh, wrap it up with Barb? Sure, and this kind of ties right into your question about the future. And Barb, you may or may not know um, or may not be able to say anything, um, but in one of the Zoom calls with Rob Erbach, his state of Iditarod, as he calls it, meeting, I think it was in January, might have been December, um, he had mentioned that they're looking towards the future as well and that they were hoping to, in the future, have a junior race that takes off from Iditarod right after the restart. Same day, just right after the last of the major teams run. And that got a lot of fans as well as myself interested not necessarily, you know, like, oh, this is exciting, but more of a, but what happens to the junior Iditarod? Have they talked to you from Iditarod? Have they talked to the junior Iditarod board? Is this like the new plan for junior Iditarod or is this a separate race? And what does that mean for junior Iditarod? <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I don't have any specific specifics. So, um, <laughs> Uh, for just now, I'd like to say um, Junior Iditarod has always been one mm -hmm. before the Iditarod. And as far as I know, I, I don't, I can't, you know, tell you what the future is going to sure. hold because I don't know enough more. Um, so I don't think there's anything set. So um, at this point, I don't. As a junior, I did not, and on behalf, I don't think we have any specific specific sure. as yet or anything. So I don't, I don't, I just can't tell you I don't know anything about that. Sure. So Barb, but before we go, is there anything else that you would like to mention, talk about, bring up? Uh, the floor is yours before we end the show. Well, I as I said, um. Uh, Lance Mackey being the honorary usher and um, with with his cancer succumbing to cancer at, at age 52 mm -hmm. and um, whatever happens in life we don't know we won't know but it's it's it happens to each of us and one of the things you should remember to do is to mush well, be well, live well, and just do the best you can. It's like junior Iditarod or, or any race, anything in life, the, the trails, you know, taking away from the race, but the trails that you each of us are met with in life. Hopefully they're good trails. Hopefully they're not bumpy trails. Hopefully you have great horizons of ahead of you with beautiful scenery and the the wind at your back to help pushing you forward in life. Like hopefully it's your you have a good team, not only with your dogs, but 
a good team is in your family and friends. That is sound life advice for sure that anybody could take heed to. Barbara Reddington, thank you very much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. And uh, good luck with the 2023 Junior Iditarod and uh, hope to see you real soon. Thank you. Thank you, guys. And thanks for the coffee. Well, thank you. <laughs> uh, Barb, hold on just a second while we end the show so we can talk just a bit out there, okay? Okay. On behalf of our guest tonight and my co-host, this is Robert for Mushing Radio. Please do us a favor and hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening to this podcast and stay tuned to our Junior Iditarod recap that we will do right after the race is over and our nightly coverage of the Iditarod coming up the Thursday before the ceremonial start and going all the way through the banquet. Uh, it's going to be another exciting couple of weeks uh, talking about I Did a Rod with Tony and if we can get any other guests on during that time. We'll see you guys next time. Goodbye. From Dog Works Radio, this is Mushing Radio. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we invite you to subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll find a link on the episode notes. You can tap or swipe on the episode cover art, and you'll see some offers from our sponsors. You can support our show by supporting them. If you like what you have heard, we would love it if you could give us a five-star rating and tell your friends how to subscribe, too. Your host is Robert Forto. Our producers are Michelle Forto, Alex Stein, and Tony Ryder. Our executive producer is Robert Forto. Created for DogWorks Radio and First Paw Media.